This morning's title is Perfume and Worship. So we're, we're reading from um, Luke 7. So if you want to go to Luke 7 in your Bibles, um, we're going to read from there. And it's from verse 36. You see, <clears throat> excuse me, many of us, um, our understanding of worship is, comes down to the songs that we sing on a Sunday morning. But if it ends there, we've lost what worship is truly, truly is. Okay? Because worship is so much more. You know, our, our theme throughout this year has been making life the mission. Well, if we are truly making life the mission, then we are being people who are worshipful people. Does that make sense? So to make life the mission, we must be people who worship the living God. And actually, our lives must imitate worship. Yeah? So let, let me just say before we get into Luke, that what Luke is wanting us to see in these scriptures is two things, okay? He's wanting us to open our eyes to something about the attitude of worship, okay? Firstly, he wants to, he's doing this through the actions of of the sinful woman. But secondly, he's doing it through the attitude of the Pharisee who's named Simon. So let me read from verse 36. It says, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the, into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she had learned that Jesus was reclining there, in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair, wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with, with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to, to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this was and, who, and is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And Simon answered, say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii, and the other 50. When they could not pay, he cancelled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, from whom he cancelled the larger debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. 
But he, <clears throat> but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this? Who is this who even forgives sins? And he says, said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The first thing that we see here is that Simon invites Jesus to his house. He's wanting Jesus to come and sit at his table. But what we need to understand about the culture of the time is this. Is that for most people in Israel, they would walk wearing sandals on their feet. And the roads that they walked were used by many many people but just not it wasn't just people it was also the animals and the livestock that went from town to town that the people were using so on those roads it became very difficult not to walk in animal milk so the customary was this that when you went into our household you would take the sandals off in the household. Now many of us might still hold a tradition like that. When I go round to my mum's house, the rule is I take my shoes off when I go into the house. Yeah? Anybody else have that? Yeah? But here's the thing. The customary of the Pharisee was this. And in those in, in those households was this. That the lowest servant would have this job. They would have the job of washing the feet of the, the people who have walked into the house. Okay? But here's what we see in this story. Jesus has come into the house. Simon has asked him to come to the house and eat with him. He has taken his sandals off and nobody has washed his feet. There's something that we need to notice there. We need to notice the attitude of Simon. You see, for me, it's almost like Simon wanted Jesus at his house, but, but he wasn't prepared to honour Jesus by washing his feet. You see, in the house of Simon, it would have been considered a, a, a big dishonour if somebody had not washed the poo, your guest's feet. And when Jesus arrives into the house, Simon is clearly dishonouring Jesus by not washing his feet. So my first point today about worship is this, and I think we can learn this, is that worship is determined by our, the attitude of our hearts. Okay? So for Simon... He's come to three conclusions about Jesus. Because he's seen the actions of the woman and the actions of Jesus, he's come to three conclusions. His first conclusion is this, that if Jesus were a prophet, he would have known what kind of woman washed his feet. The second thing that um, Simon has noticed is this, and then has come to the conclusion. If, if Jesus knew who she was, he would not have let her wash his feet. Because she was a sinner. In his eyes. In Simon's eyes. 
But since Jesus has let the woman wash his feet, he must not be a prophet. You see, what Simon was trapped by was this. In Simon's heart, he could only see the woman's sins. He could only see the outside appearance of the woman. He was trapped by a religious mindset that held him back from having a relationship with Jesus, truly. And the thing that we need to see here is that Jesus sees right into the heart of Simon. He sees his attitude. Because Simon is looking to dishonour God, whether he knows it or he doesn't know it. What we learn practically about this is that in our worship, it's important to have an attitude of respect and honour for God. This morning, when we come to worship God, are we coming with a respect of honour and praise to God for who he is and what he's done? It's a, it's a serious question. Or are we striving to honour ourselves? Or even the people that are around us? Or even the people that are around us? Because you see, if we're honouring somebody, then they have the place of honour that they deserve. And if we're dishonouring somebody, then we're not giving them the place of honour that they deserve. Let me give you this imagery. For, for you and me, if our lives should be an act of worship, then God should be number one, shouldn't he? Yeah. He should be put in that place of number one. And no matter what our day looks like, no matter what our life looks like, or what is going off in our life, God should be placed in the number one spot. You see, if we're truly making life the mission, then God, his will, his purpose, is number one. That's worship, guys. That's, an, that's a heart with the right attitude. Because when we wake up and we have that attitude that says, I am going to honour God today. I am going to seek his will. I am going to seek his purpose for what he has today. Then we're following what God is calling us to do. Let me tell you a little story. So, one of the things that I tend to do first thing in the morning is ask the Holy Spirit to come and refresh me again. Because we all need topping up. We all need a refreshing of the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's also not just about asking God for his help. It's about the attitude that I'm going to choose to have that day. You see, I can get up with a right attitude sometimes. And I can bring it into my household. And I can bring it into the workplace. And I can bring it into the people in my day-to-day life. I'm not honouring God if I spend my day doing that. But what God is wanting us to do is wake up and make that choice to have the right attitude. That even if we're waking up with, with wanting 
with anger and frustration, that we lay that down. That we receive something of the peace of God. And the Bible says, doesn't it, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We've been saying it lots around the office. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Because the truth is, when we speak the word of God over our lives, what was a bad bad attitude becomes a good attitude because the focus becomes God. Does that make sense? The worship becomes God. It's not about me or you in this scenario. It's about what I am going to do to honour God in my day-to-day life. Yeah? Good. You see, Simon chooses not to honour God and allows his opinions and his righteousness, his righteous mindset, sorry, to base an attitude of dishonour. And for you and me, this is what, this is what we have to do. We have to have that heart that wants to worship God. We have to have the right attitude that is going to seek God. And the second thing that I I notice about the scriptures that we've just read is this. That worship is about an attitude of humility and repentance. You see, it says this in verse 38. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, the woman, the sinful woman, began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair on, on, of, of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. You see, not only did the woman display an attitude of honour for God, for Jesus and for who he was, but she displayed humility and repentance. For Middle Eastern women, they would have worn their hair up in a turban, potentially, or or some type of cloth to cover their head. So we need to picture this, that for her to come before Jesus, she had to unwrap the veil off her head and come before Jesus as she was. A sinful woman. You see, she knew exactly who she was. But she still came before Jesus and before the Pharisees. She didn't let pride stop her. She didn't hold back from anything that, that might restrict her from being in the presence of God and the presence of Jesus. But she pushed forward to see Jesus because she, she had heard about who Jesus was and the question for us is in our lives are we allowing pride to lead our worship and restrict us from getting to that place where Jesus wants to be close to us or are we allowing us are we coming in humility before God Sometimes we're more concerned about the people who are around us. Sometimes our focus is about what is happening in our lives. Sometimes we want to be the person who is next to us because they look like they're living a better life. But actually God wants you to come and be you. 
He wants a relationship with you. Jesus didn't see everybody else in that room when the woman came before him. He saw the woman. He looked at the woman's heart and he saw the humility that she had come and, and stood before him. Are we willing to lay down that pride? Are we willing to lay down the worries that we carry on a day-to-day basis? Are we willing to lay down our priorities for who God is and for what he has for our lives and put him as number one? Are we willing to honour God and put him first? Are we willing to come in humility and place him in this place that he deserves? Because if we are, that is true worship. That is living a life for God. That is living life and making life the mission. Simon was willing to dishonor God. Whether he knew it or not, he dishonored God. And Jesus brings a rebuke to him. And he points out that this woman knows she is a sinful woman. He points out that she didn't, she didn't run away from it. She didn't wait for Jesus to come and confront um, her himself. But the woman comes in the presence of all that were in that room. And you and I need to be prepared to come as we are in humility to God but we also need to be prepared to repent for the things that we've done you know sometimes we can go through life and forget to say sorry sorry is the word that we often forget isn't it even amongst our friends you know um, me and Rebecca will will often have have potentially have little disagreements and things but who's the first one to say sorry is the battle (laughs) but it shouldn't be a battle that's my point my point is is that no matter what has gone wrong no matter what the argument is about we should be the first to say sorry and when we come before God we should be prepared to say sorry to God and repent for what we have done because God is wanting to have that relationship with us he's wanting to spend that time with you and I true worship is set apart by our attitude of repentance this means not trying to hide what we've done or what who we are the fact is is that God knows exactly who you are there's nothing we can hide from God and worship, worshiping with an attitude of repentance is worshiping in truth, guys. The third thing that I notice from these scriptures is this: that our worship is bought, should be born out of an attitude of love, a love for what God has done for us. You know, it says in verse thirty-four. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon. Do you see this woman? I have entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them 
with her hair. You gave me no kisses, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins are forgiven, which are many, which are many are forgiven, because for she, for she loved much. Worship, true worship, is a natural flow out of the love that we have for God. For you and me, what greater thing when we read this story do we see the love that this woman has for Jesus? You see, she not only washes Jesus' feet with her own tears, she then pours the most expensive perfume she could find and afford. That would have cost all the money. That would have cost her all the money that she had. That would have been her worldly position. And what she did was she came before God in love and in humility and in, in repentance to honour Jesus for who he was. Because she had a hope and I hope was this. I hope was that she'd heard that Jesus was the one who forgave sins. Jesus was the one who gave life. And she wanted to come before Jesus and receive that life. And this morning, we must too have that same love for God. We must too want to come before God with love and appreciation for who he is. You see, for me and you, God has shown us his love. He has shown us his love through Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection on the cross. He has made us alive. He has forgiven us of our sins. We now have that opportunity to have a wonderful and loving relationship with a loving God because the barrier that once separated us is now broken. Death, where is your sting? So when I talk about love, my love comes out of that longing and that love for what Jesus has done in my life, for what Jesus has done on the cross. But not only that, what he is continuing to do. Because it says that Jesus Christ now sits at the right hand of God and intercedes for you and me. He intercedes for you and me. Because he loves you and me. So what, what little can I do? And I don't want to diminish the love that I have for God. But what little can I do but worship God out of love and honour for who he is? And if there's, if there's anything that I want us to take home today, it's that out of that love for God, we have to be worshippers. We have to be true worshippers for God. You see, if we truly love God, then we're going to get mission. Because mission is about worshipping God. You know, 
coming and serving on a Sunday morning, guys, on a, on a stewarding team, is not a hard thing when you love God. Yeah. It's not a hard thing when you love God because when you love God truly, all you want to do is serve him out of an act of worship for who he is and what he's done. You see, God wants you to have that relationship with him. The woman has the faith that Jesus will take her sins away. That Jesus will forgive her of her sins. And out of that forgiveness pours a heart of love and worship for God. And it's the same for you and me. This morning, out of the forgiveness of our sins, should pour a heart of love for God and what he has done in our lives. Our response should be this, that we live lives that are worshipful, worshipful for God. That we live lives that are honouring for God. The question is though, guys, are we doing this? The challenge is, for you and me, are we doing this? This isn't a condemnation in any shape or form. This is a challenge, guys, for us to rise up, to step out, and to start living lives that are purposeful, that are, are full of worship for God and for what he has done in our lives. You know, sometimes we can be like Simon. We can be the skeptic. We can, we can allow those fears and those doubts to stop us from, from the full potential that God has called us to. I want to say to you this morning, those doubts, those sceptical thoughts, they're lies from the enemy. They're lies that have been planted into your mind to stop you from being everything that God has called you to be. And this morning, God has come to set you free from those. He has brought freedom. He has brought freedom for you and me. And this morning, if you are being held back by those thoughts like Simon or you're having doubts about what God is calling you to be let me say to you the son has set me free indeed and this morning you are free indeed we cannot live a life where our agenda is the top priority if we want to be worshippers for God, if we want to come and worship God in, in fullness and in truth on a Sunday morning in corporate worship, then we have to lay our agendas down. It holds us back, guys. When we walk through the door, we shouldn't be thinking about what, what I can receive from this, but what I can give to God. What worship can I give to God this morning? You know, when I last spoke a couple of weeks ago, I said, talked about asking ourselves that question. God, how do you want, what do you want me to do this morning? What, what, does, you, what does your Holy Spirit want to guide me in this morning? How can I be your hands and feet, basically? Because you see, when we, when we ask those questions, 
we're asking the right questions and we're becoming the worshipful people that God wants us to be because we're looking to his will and purpose the woman's desire was this was not only to be in the presence of Jesus but she wanted to draw close to Jesus and let me tell you there is a difference you see we can be in the presence of each other but I'm not going to truly draw near to you in any shape or form unless I get to know you and grow my relationship with you and that's the same for us with God we can be in the presence of God day by day and we will miss what God is doing in our lives because we are not willing to draw close to him and God is wanting to draw close to you this morning he's wanting to draw close to you on a day to day basis and if if you want that then it's free, it's yours there's no attachments all we have to do is come and worship God and live a lives that are worshipful for God let me draw us to a close guys and as I reflect on the words that I've just said I want to challenge us but I want to encourage us as well I haven't come to bring a message of, of condemnation in any shape or form so please don't hear that that's not what I'm, I'm wanting but what I want is to hear is something of the challenge of God that you know for us truly if we're going to be a worshipful people then we have to come with the right attitude that means waking up and choosing to have the right attitude not just choosing in our minds I understand that our minds control a lot of what we do but if we're truthful it's what's in our heart that will control our attitudes and we have to choose to have the right attitude the second thing that I want us to go away with is this that we have the right attitude of repentance and humility that as worshippers we come before God in humility and truth that it's not about you or me in this sense because actually the truth is is that God came for you and me so it is about you and me but in our worship to God it's about our pride about laying our pride down about laying our agendas down and coming in humility and truth to God and, and saying sorry guys we have to learn to say sorry and the last thing is that when we reach that point of understanding that we've come and we're living the life of true worshippers that it will be born out of a love for God and for what he's done for us you see we can go through life and we'll miss everything maybe not everything that God has for us but we'll miss a lot I'm sure I'd do it in my own life guys but my heart is that I want to be a worshipper for God I want to be what, what God has called me to be and my hope is for you 
is exactly the same. That you will live lives that are worshipful, that are honouring to God, that are looking to seek God's will and purpose. Because when we do that, we do it out of a love for God and for what he has done and for what he is doing in our lives. Amen? Good stuff. Let me pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. And I pray that it will go forth in our hearts. And I pray that anything that is not of you, that has been spoken, Lord God, I pray that it will fall to the ground. Lord God, anything that is my words, I pray that it will not stay in the hearts of the people today, Lord God. But I pray, Father God, that your words will go forth and echo in the hearts of these people, in the hearts of myself as well, Lord God, that we will become a people that truly worship the living God, that we will truly be a people that make life the mission, Lord God, and that we will truly have a revelation of what you are calling us to do in the lives of our communities, in our workplaces, and in our local surroundings, Lord God, even with our friends and family. And I just pray a blessing, Lord God, that you will fill each and every one of us with your Holy Spirit. And I just pray that you'll bless us, Lord God, to continue to do your work for your kingdom and for your glory. Amen.